morning, church. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms and those of you who have mothers. It's a good day today, and I'm glad that you are here. And uh, before I can get rolling, I want to make sure that I take a second to invite all of you back next week because we're um, celebrating our graduates. And we have high school graduates, we have college graduates, we have grad school graduates. It's really cool, and uh, we're going to enjoy that. So um, keep that in mind. Um, I'm starting a new series today called Ghost Hunters. And uh, it, it, it would be a more appropriate um, title for an October series, but it fits what we're doing um, right now um, because it's a reference to a, uh, an old church term. Uh, when we used to talk about the Holy Ghost. How many of you remember that? Some of you do. Some of you still call it that, right? Yeah, yeah the Holy Ghost. And I had a professor in, in a seminary once who says, you know, we really need to eliminate that from our vocabulary. And I thought, why? It's kind of cool, right? Well, it kind of muddies the waters. Well, that's fine. Um, but what we're trying to do today is, is to do a short series um, on the Holy... Thank you, sweetie. Um, on the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and uh, here's the reason why. And I want to make this real clear up front, is that when we started this year, we had a theme for the year, right? How, how are you guys doing on that? We're going to talk about that in July again, but there's a, a theme that we all chose um, for the year and for the church. It really has been um, about this, this idea of chasing after the presence of God, both personally and corporately. So that when, when you all come here on a Sunday morning, that you've experienced, that you are experiencing the presence of God in some way. Uh, a friend of ours talks about, you know, being in the majesty of God. You know, whatever term works for you is fine with me, but the idea here is that we're connecting with God on some level, not just as a church, not just as a group, but as, as individuals. Because one of the things that I've noticed is that it's really hard <laughs> to connect with, with God corporately if you're not doing it personally. You know, not that it can't happen, but, you know, the point is, is that we want to do both. It's not either or, it's both and, and we really want to, to chase after the presence of God. And if you're astute, you may have um, noticed that a lot of the messages in the last few months have kind of circled back to this idea of being in the presence of God. And I use that, that phrase an awful lot, and um, in some ways, this is going to sound a little odd, but in some ways that's deliberate. In some ways that's also been, I think, um, the hand of God just allowing some of those messages to move in that direction. Uh, I don't know if um, necessarily when I sit down to write things uh, that I am always have that in my mind, but it just seems like every piece of content that I've been creating somehow comes back to that. So I'm just going to trust that it's the Holy Ghost doing the Holy Ghost thing. And when we talk about this idea of presence, what we're ultimately saying is that the presence of God is the Holy Spirit. Let's just be clear about that. That when we're in the presence of God, we are connecting with the Holy Spirit. And I thought what we would try to do in this series is to understand who it is that we're actually chasing. Does that make sense, right? So who is it that we're actually trying to chase? And then that way we gain some insight and hopefully it will help us to interact a little bit better with him. And so I'm going to invite you to turn with me to John chapter 14. Uh, you actually saw uh, the quote up there uh, briefly. And uh, we're going to dig into it a little bit, little, little bit more. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app, you want to turn to John chapter 14. We're going to be camped out there today. Um, I'm not going to be moving around the text like I do sometimes. 
just going to try to dig a little more deeply into this. So let me give you just a little bit of context here. Is that in John chapter 14, Jesus is spending time with his disciples. And it's actually the last significant amount of time that he's spending with them before he is arrested and before he is tried, crucified, and uh, died and resurrected. Okay, so this is, this is what we often refer to as the Last Supper. And in John, in particular, there's a, a great deal of material. And Jesus has words that he wants to say, and you have to think of it in terms of these are the last things that he's going to say to these men who have followed him around, these, in some ways, kids that have followed him around for, for the last three years of his life. And so it's, it's an, an important words, and so there are things that we really want to pay attention to. And he speaks about the Holy Spirit and what's coming next. And so, therefore, it's really appropriate for us to kind of dig into this. And, and what's so funny to me is that every time I read it, I have to keep in mind that the, the disciples did not understand what he was talking about. He, they did not have the benefit of reading the end of the book, right? Like we do. Like, yeah, we know the story because, you know, we talk about it every Easter or, or um, you know, periodically throughout the year. And so, you know, yeah, we, we kind of got the story down. They didn't have that benefit. So keep in mind that they had no idea what he was talking about. It was a bit cryptic, too, for them. So let me start in verse 15. And let's take a look at this. <clears throat> Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. In some translations, it's helper, to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So we have this word, this term. If you love me keep my commands. That's how you're going to know, how I'm going to know, how people are going to know that you love Jesus is by keeping his commands. And so he says that, and if you do that, you know, should you do that, I will also ask God and he will give you a helper, an advocate. Now, the word here is, um, is parakletos. Let me hear you say parakletos. It's just fun to say, okay? Parakletos. And the word is, is kind of interesting because it, it, it's, um, it's very specific in, in the sense that, yes, it means helper. Yes, it means advocate. But more importantly, it is a legal term and means counselor, like an attorney, right? By the way, I love Perry Mason. <clears throat> But think in terms um, this way. A parakletos is one who pleads a case. Okay? One who goes before a court, before a judge, before a jury, and pleads a case. Now, this is an odd word. Okay? Let's, let's just be honest. And so Jesus says, I'm going to leave you, and I'm going to leave you with an attorney. How many of attorneys do you know, right? But think about this for a moment. I'm going to leave you. And I want you to follow my commands. And I'm going to leave a helper, an advocate, one who will plead your case. What's interesting to me 
is that in Jewish thought, the, the term for the one that we call the devil is hasatan. And it means literally the accuser. How many of you would like to have someone plead in your case when you're being accused? And all of a sudden, this idea of advocate has a completely different meaning. Yeah, I would like to have a God-sized advocate on my side every single time that I feel accused. And what I've noticed, and maybe you have too, is that the accusations usually don't come from someone else. It comes from inside of me. Am I preaching to myself here? I think it's true. But notice next, he says this too. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, now hold on a second. Because this seems like a shift. I mean, this is the very next verse. Okay, so let, let's get the progression here. You know, he says, you know, follow my commands. Okay, I got that. I will ask God, and he will give you an advocate. He will give you a helper, and I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Do, do you see this? I mean, there's this progression here. Now, here's the thing. The Old Testament tells us very clearly that God is interested in widows, orphans, and foreigners. And how Israel is supposed to take care of widows, orphans, and foreigners. Out of those three, who is the most vulnerable? Orphans. Who needs someone to plead their case? Orphans. I'm not going to leave you like that. You are not going to be left vulnerable. You will have a helper. You will have an advocate. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling a little bit better about all this. God's not going to leave us. And, and I think the, the music today was appropriate. I am not alone. I have a helper. I have an advocate. I have someone who will plead my case. I will not be left as an orphan. Because he will come for me and for you. Now, moving on, before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Huh. It's a little confusing, isn't it? So let's do a little illustration. Hopefully this will help, because this has helped me. So I'm going to start with you. Okay? This is you. You can see it. And here's one of the things that he says. Jesus says that I am in you. So you got Jesus in you. Does that make sense? Right? We believe this. When you follow Jesus, when you choose to follow him with your life, Jesus comes and he dwells with you. That's what we call the Holy Spirit. Right? Remember this? But here's the other interesting thing. That you are also in Jesus. So, let's do this. So now, when the accuser comes... He's not coming just after you. He's coming after Jesus and the advocate that lives inside of you. And oh yeah, by the way, Jesus says 
that I am in the Father. So let me get this straight. Forgot to fold my envelope. So when the accuser comes, who's he really going after? And you were worried. <laughs> this is a powerful thing. I am in the Father. I am in you. You are in me. And we're together. And we are not alone. I think it's a really important thing to think about. And it's interesting. Um, in, in church, we have this idea called the Trinity that God exists in three persons, but he also exists as one. And you're not going to find the term Trinity in the text anywhere. It doesn't exist. But it's passages like this and others that seem to point to this idea of three and one. And I will tell you that some of the greatest minds in human history have attempted to try to understand this idea of Trinity. And you know what their conclusion is? It's a mystery. Greatest minds. So if you don't get it, that's cool. It's one of those things that we find in the text that we don't fully understand and hope to at some point. And yet, I'm so glad for it because I am not alone. So it's not just the Holy Spirit. It's not just Jesus. It's all of them. God the Father, too. And then we get an echo of verse 15. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Remember that was verse 15, right? Keep my commands if you love me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Well, this is an interesting promise. Because it's not just that we believe in some type of, um, you know, yeah, I guess there's hope, but, but God, I mean, Jesus says to us that if we love him and keep his commands, which aren't easy, by the way, if we keep those commands, we're going to see Jesus. We're going to see him moving and see him at work. We're going to see him protecting us and being the advocate and pleading our case. We're actually going to see that happen. Now, some of you, I know, you know your stories because you've told them to me. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You've actually seen this. You've experienced this on your own where you've seen God move. i show myself. How many of you would like to see a little more Jesus? I know I would. <clears throat> Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Let me get this idea again. He's just kind of hammering this point so that his disciples would, would understand what was going on here. But it's interesting to me because I'm thinking about this. They're going to make home, and, and there's this part of me that goes, whoops, I better clean the house because we got company coming. Now I don't think you understand. Jesus is the cleaning crew. There's stuff in your house, in your spiritual house, you're never going to be able to clean up on your own. It just can't. And so we need um, 
Jesus and the Spirit and His Advocate to come in and do some of the cleaning out. I know i got areas in my life that are like that. You know, I, there's a part of me <clears throat> when it talks about this idea of His commands and keeping them. <laughs> I, I, I'm finding that I'm getting more forgetful. And it's not because, you know, there's, there's something... Well, I was going to say there's something wrong with me, but, you know, I, I'll let you be the judge of that. The point is, is that I just notice myself sometimes being distracted or something happening, and I just forget stuff. And I'm always worried that I'm going to forget things, things that I've learned or commandments that I've, I've been taught. And here's the thing. He said, but the advocate, this one that he promised to us, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Oh, thank God, there's an external hard drive. Because I need that. <clears throat> I need that. I need to know that that's there. Whew. I feel like I dodged that one. But notice this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Peace in your hearts. Interesting, the, the term here for troubled means agitated. Don't let your heart be agitated. And don't let it be afraid. Um, the word can also mean timid or scared. Because there are different types of fear, I think. And sometimes um, timidity is the one where you know you need to do or say something and you have a hard time doing it because you either don't know if it's going to work or if it's going to be well received. You don't know those things. But the advocate will, will teach you and remind you. I think we like the reminding part. I'm not so sure we like the teaching part. There's a designer that I follow. He has a great phrase, failure sucks but instructs. And I think that's true. Um, that part of teaching I don't like. And yet, sometimes you have to go through those things so that you, you can actually absorb what it is that God's trying to tell you. And because of that, I think there's a certain amount of peace that we can have. I think that. I think that's true. So he's going to give the advocate, we're not alone, we can be at peace, and we don't have to have agitated hearts. And we don't have to be afraid. Those are encouraging thoughts. Peace sounds like a really great benefit, don't you think? So let's, let's kind of recap this a little bit. So when we chase after the presence of God, when we, when we try to connect to the Holy Spirit, He advocates for us. He pleads our case when it's, when it's necessary. The problem is, <laughs> if I'm completely honest, when I'm feeling accused, I don't really feel like chasing the presence. How about you? Actually, a hole sounds really nice to crawl into. Or covering my heads with the covering my head with the bed covers. Yeah. The accusations come. 
the shame begins to um, um, to mount up, and I'd just rather I'd just rather hide being a hole. When I first started doing this um, this job, I don't know, ten years ago now, more. <clears throat> One of the promises I made to myself um, and to any congregation I would serve was that I was going to be real. Um, that this isn't a persona, that the person that you see up here is the same person that you'll talk to or have coffee with or whatever. And uh, that I would try to live my life out in front of people in such a way that, that it was, <laughs> like if it's not going to be real, then let's just shut the doors and go do something else. I, I'm just not interested in faith that, that doesn't actually work itself out in real life. And, and I just, uh, I want to I say, it is very hard to speak about the presence of God when you've not been in the presence of God. Like you, my weeks get filled up with stuff. There's all kinds of busyness and distractions. Unforeseen events, like texting your worship pastor at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night saying, hey, can I borrow a tool because I'm having a toilet issue? <laughs> Happened last night, right, Dan? They pull our attention away from the presence of God and cause these things to rise up in us. And I know that it's not the presence of God with certain language that I choose to use. Priorities get mismatched. And if it happens to me, somebody who gets paid to do this, to be a disciple first and a preacher second, then it can happen to anybody. But here's the thing. And this is what I'm learning. Because remember, he's teaching me and reminding me. <clears throat> I just wish I didn't have to learn it so many times and be reminded of it so often. But anyway, if I want a calm heart, one that's unagitated, and I want a fearless attitude to follow God in some very strange places. And if I want peace, I need to chase after His presence. I need to connect to the Holy Spirit. Now look. I'm tired of an impotent church. I'm not talking about Thrive Church. I'm talking about the church in general. What good are we doing as Christians on a national level, on a state level, on a local level? How about our neighborhoods? How about our offices? How about our homes? And look at the enormity of the junk that's out there. I look at the enormity of the junk that piles up in my own heart. 
And I think to myself, how on earth, how am I going to do this? The answer is I can't. I need an advocate. In church, you've got to hear this. The only way is to be in the presence of God because that's where we get changed. It doesn't matter how many times you read your Bible if you're not doing it in the presence of God. It doesn't matter how many times you pray or meet with people or go to church every time. It doesn't matter if you're not in the presence of God and allowing Him to do the shaping and the molding and the changing and the teaching and the reminding and all of those other things. And look, here's the, here's the thing I want you to understand. This is not a condemning thought. I'm not trying to go, oh, you should ought to do this. No, no, no. I'm saying if you want peace, if that's really what your heart is after and you don't want the agitation and you don't want that thing that just kind of got its clutches in you and you, you need to, some freedom or some hope or whatever it is, it's in the presence of God. That's where it's at. But here's the good news. The good news is this. You're not alone. And if you're feeling disconnected, guess who moved? Because God hasn't moved. God is still there. His Spirit's still there. He's still our advocate. And His office is always open. There's no answering machine, right? There is literally the opportunity to walk into the offices of the God-sized advocate and say, I need some help. And that's great news, I think. But it really comes down to where are you in this process? You may be saying, you might be sitting there saying to yourself, I have no idea what he's talking about. That's okay. Or you're saying, I'm sick and tired of feeling this way. That's even better. Because usually that's God kind of pushing you in a direction going, hey, I'm here. I want to talk to you. Just trying to get your attention. So I don't know where you are today. But I want you to know you have an advocate. Jesus promised that. Keep his commands. They're hard. I know it. Trust me. But you keep his commands, you have an advocate. And he's willing to help you with all the other stuff that's going on. But you got to seek after, chase after his presence, some way, shape, or form. If you want to learn how to do that, we'd love to help you. Um, Pastor James and I have some resources we'd love to, to share with you. But mostly... You're not alone. Jesus is in the Father, and he is in you, and you are in him. You're not alone. So however it is that you're feeling today, you're not alone. And um, we'd just love the opportunity to pray with you. Um, We'll be kind of tucked over here in the back. Hey, there's no pressure. It is a service we offer free of charge. (laughs) And we would love to pray with you if there's just something... You're going, yeah, I need to chase after the presence. Cool. We'd love to help you with that.